Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Mantalk.ke. He, 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 sorry. <laughs> really happy to be back for another week. Uh, really excited to be back in the chair. This is one of my favorite places uh, on filming day. So thanks for joining us here. And as always, we are here in Kafizi, uh, Keystone Park, Riverside Drive. They are our location sponsor and I hope long it will carry on because we love, we love shooting here and coming to get some work done here. So... The link is down below if you ever want to come use a co-working space it's a good place to network it's got amazing coffee i'll always say this an amazing service and aesthetics so kafisi and there's plenty more around the city the link is down below oscar buddy uh you look different i think um i think it's <laughs> i think it's down to down to a location that we're going to discuss you, extensively today you know let me let you know something eli oh, i've yeah, been um no, no, no. Oh, god. i've been oh, away god. for a few weeks oh, and um god. a few months there oh, god. um and i feel <sighs> as though mm. for the very first time mm. Mm. i am free to assume this accent that is no, no, absolutely no fantastic nobody signed off no, i have that's... a feeling um mm. right now as i shoot this podcast mm. that i can talk about the plus four four oh, no. After only three months of not being around. <laughs> you know those guys that go on holiday for two weeks? <laughs> then you come and they back. come back like sometimes I went to Paris and did something uh, extraordinary. You know, Eli, I won't yeah. lie. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was spending some time in Canary yeah. Wharf and experiencing, you know, Obica. Mm. Mm. Um, I was there with some friends of mine. One of them works in, you know, banking. Um, that's, they, that's, you know, they're trying to open my mind up to the possibilities that mm. as someone who comes from emerging markets, just, just, it gets a little bit crazy. As you can tell, guys, Sorry, yeah, my about, accents are all over the place yeah, because just, I yeah. really can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> today, oh, dear. Today, today we're talking about yeah. the plus four four experience. Basically, mm. for the very first time um, on this podcast, Eli and I finally have mm. a shared perspective in terms of I've been to England in the United Kingdom. I'm pursuing my postgrad there now. Yeah. Uh, long enough for me to kind of have some common ground um, mm -hmm. with Eli and from a, on his perspectives mm -hmm. from a place yeah. Yeah. that not many mm -hmm. people kind of have had the privilege of going to. And mm -hmm. um, I think it's finally a good time for us to like break down what I've seen and what he's seen yeah. Yeah. and the biases we've noticed and the people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the beautiful thing about what's happening in this episode is I remember I saw this 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 reel and he was basically saying in your 20s yeah. the best thing you can ever do is change environment I think yeah. we've discussed this yeah. in the pod and uh, the fact that you've done that has probably made us understand each other more it's yeah. as if it's as like if I went uh, and stayed like where you were staying when you grew up and you mean Kenya <laughs> yeah no as in like no like the, the, maybe the zone specifically yeah. like it's uh like if I st spent some time maybe in like South Sea for a bit, mm. then I'm like, oh, the thing you were telling me about community, mm. different cultures, yeah. food. Yeah, like I understand. So now when whenever, whenever we like have a chat, I'm like, yeah. oh, I feel seen, finally. And you always say on the phone, like, I get that. Now I get it. No, I now get I get it. why yeah. you think that. Now I get this. Now I get this. Yeah. So it's been really fun to, first of all, watch your experience and hear how your experience is something that yeah. I grew up seeing. So it's been, a, I think it's been a really funny three months. Every time we talk on the phone, um, there's always a new story. And I'm like, yep, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yep, mm -hmm, yep, yep. And they're doing that thing, but I'm like, yep, mm -hmm, yep. So it's, uh, I think, yeah, I think it's good. I think we definitely have, like you said, a shared uh, perspective that we can yeah. sort of discuss. The first thing yeah. I'd like to kind of highlight, Eli, is I finally understand why mm. whenever we go out with you, mm -hmm. you are always on a million. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because when we're at clubs in London mm -hmm. and we're trying to have fun mm -hmm. and we're trying to party, mm -hmm. Clubs close on one or is it two? <laughs> and I have gonna... so much juice left. Mm, yeah, it's different. It's it, different, isn't it? It's, it's it's I find that so crazy. Yeah, it's a licensing problem. Uh, so basically, a clubs can only play music and can only serve their license up until a certain time. Mm -hmm. Basically, so I I think yeah, here there just doesn't seem to be. There's no really cutoff time. Yeah, it's, it's like we, we keep going. We keep we, going. We it's dance. It's, yeah. Do you see yeah. this camera? Hey, yeah. we don't close the club at three. Yeah. I don't People know arrive how. At three. It's a national it's, crime. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> People <laughs> arrive. People arrive at three here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was the opposite for me. When I came here, I was like, oh, people, okay. Yeah. okay I'm tired at this point. Then I yeah. started to basically adjust and be like, okay. We are a city in the sun. You know? <laughs> the food is nutritious. Correct. The sun is warm. Yeah. The yeah. women are beautiful. Yeah. And the men are vigorous. Yes. Correct. We dance. Yes. Um, from, how do we dance? How do we dance? We dance to 
you know mm-hmm. asake mm-hmm. organize mm-hmm. every other day i organize din 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 do you know what's so funny <laughs> growing mm-hmm. up right mm-hmm. i always thought i was a great dancer mm-hmm. <laughs> so with my friends they were all white so whenever we went out <laughs> <laughs> They were like, "Ila, do the thing." So I'd be like, "Teach me how to," like you know. Yeah. And I had like four moves. Yeah. Killed it every time. Inside the bag. I'm telling you, I came here. I started seeing this one. I started seeing Odia. I started seeing this one. There's just so much more yeah, here. There's, so there's, I was, there's options. There's so many varieties. Yeah, we we open a catalog. Yes. For great. example, the first time I went to a club in London, let me tell you the story. Oh, no. What is it? There's a camera. There's a club called B at One. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Free advertising. Mm-hmm. B at One Regent Street. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, as students, we decided, let us see what what's yes, going on. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. let's what's this what's this clubbing thing? Mm. So we booked ourselves a table. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you have to book before you go. This is something yes, in Kenya we don't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then, then mm-hmm. walked in. First of all, drinks there. Are <laughs> yeah, price, you know, fifteen pound. Fifteen pound is seven hundred and fifty. Actually, it's more. No, it's, it's yeah, it's one one. It's like what? Fifteen pound. Fifteen times one. It's like two two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually yeah. Yeah, it's two thousand, yeah. so like it's like two thousand shillings, and uh, so I walk in, like, "What's up, hey man? What's up?" You know, just walk in, and I was wearing that like African print shirt. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I walk yeah. in, in that like so it was this African print jacket. So I walk into the club. The, so first of all, all eyes are on that jacket. It's the one that the one that um, we went to South Africa with. with. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the South. one. Shout out to South Sartorial. Yeah. So I walk in. Everyone's like, "Oh, that's that's, that's mm-hmm. unique." I walk in. They start playing music. Mm. So first, it's like mm. it's like yeah, I, I like house music, which is yeah. fine. It's okay. Mm. Everyone has our taste. Mm. But then it got to our area. Mm-hmm. Last, last, mm-hmm. and everybody to the short breakfast. I'm the one who's in the club. I'm like shyo. <laughs> Look around me. No, shy no there's no shyoing. Yeah, that's why you need the bow end. There's not many people who yeah. are doing that. Yeah. But then, thank God, like a huge community, I think, of like uh, um, Africans came to the club and it was just crazy. Mm. We were dancing, we were vibing. But like, and you know, shout out to Banner Boy for literally um, carrying this year. Carrying yeah. this year. Yeah. And so like, it, was, it was such a fantastic experience. But I think what was differentiated was that not everyone dances and not everyone can dance. So me, I'm dancing until I'm sweating mm. and everyone's looking at me like, you're crazy. Yeah. You're here to drink and then yeah. you will have to take the subway home. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. Are you sure you want to be? <laughs> yeah, you got the man them that were on the wall, right? Just yeah, like this. this guy's like so chilling. Saying, so what are you saying? What are you saying? 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 My size, right, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're doing it alone, yeah. Mm. <laughs> What's up, babes? <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah Meanwhile, you know. Oscar Comer. Is dancing Central. like you, dancing mm. like you can't believe. Mm. I'm there. I you just, should dance, I'm just like letting it out. And then yeah. like, everyone's like, oh my God, you're such a good dancer. So now here in Kenya, mm-hmm. <laughs> I am a joke. <laughs> I am, I am, my boys laugh at me because of how bad I am at dancing. So I was facing the parallel problem. Yes, so for the exactly. first time, mm. they're mm. calling me a good dancer. Now there's another thing mm. that happened that night mm. that I think everyone will find interesting, which is there, you won't, uh, when you're in a club setting, it's very easy to engage. I feel like in Kenya, you try and engage too much. You're like, you're being creepy. Mm. You get what I mean? Mm. But in a club setting in London, it's like, mm. hey, when you're having conversation, you can have a conversation when you're dancing. So, mm. yeah, what do you do? Where do you work? What, yeah. Where are yeah. you from? Yeah. Oh, Queen Mary. That's yeah. where you go to school. You yeah. know, like try and, you can have a small talk when you dance. In Kenya, small talk. In the mm. middle of all that dancing. Yeah, no I'm time. not trying to talk. No, we're actually dancing. I'm trying to, I'll dance until I'm exhausted. Yeah. Then, then I'll go to the, the bar. We'll talk. Yeah. Then we'll, we'll talk over that. And so like, that was like one, big difference and another big difference was like at some point in the middle of all that dancing screaming shouting light suddenly just came on i mean yeah. like now it's like it's yeah. like we're shooting a mantok episode mm-hmm. like, yeah. yeah the light suddenly came on Boom. everyone go home yeah. yeah and like cockroaches we scatter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah oh, it was yeah. so so crazy man like i feel yeah. like that's the first that was my first like difference in terms of the stock difference that yeah. i noticed yeah um, but I, and then I also noticed the fact that when you're in London, like the professional scene, man, mm. there's mm. they work so hard. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd say so. The professional scene there, I think, is there's just they're just monotonous. I think they work hard for the designated time, and then it's like I'm doing this again, and I have don't have much of a social life afterwards. Yeah. So it's just like kind of like a I know the rat race is everywhere in the world. But specifically in the UK, 
basically because it gets dark, especially at like what, four. Mm. So you find that their life is just work. So when they're talking about anything that week, there's no, the story ends at five. Whereas in Kenya, you can be like, ah, then after work, we went here, we did these three things and then we did it again. So when the story is being told about your week, like here, maybe 70% is work, 30% is social. There it's like 95% is work. So they seem like they're just completely engrossed, engrossed in, in it. That. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is definitely a weather thing. How have you yeah. found the weather, buddy? How's that been for you, man? How's that? Hey, how's that? Because you're looking a bit pale. I don't know what. <laughs> First of all, guys, as yeah. you can tell, I'm being harassed live mm. on this podcast. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay, let's talk about like the London mm. weather. I feel mm. like when I arrived, it was pretty, pretty okay. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible because I, I got there around September, so it wasn't terrible. Mm. It was okay towards the end of the summer. In lo- uh, slightly longer days. Da, da, da. Then I woke up one morning, just mm. randomly. Yeah, and I was like. You know, let me just, you know, let me throw on that one hoodie, that shirt. Let me go out and buy, you know, mm. let me buy supplies for the house. Mm. Mm. I'm telling you, I stepped out. Yeah. And it was as if mm. a refrigerator. Yes. Had been. Had yeah. been put outside my dorm room. Yeah. Mm. My, my, because my, I stepped out. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. And then I start to backtrack. My body cannot connect that mm-hmm. it has been hit with that cold. And I look up, it's sunny. It's mm. sunny like right now. Oh, it's very but the bright. sun is just yeah. a torch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's no heat coming from it. It was so insane, man. I, I think, but then like the consequence of that is that people tend to look like they just, they don't want to talk. It's like, it really affects the mood it in the country. Like it's actually, I can't remember what the name is, but there's actually a, there's actually a very high linkage between like weather and mood. Yeah. And the reason I know this is because every single time you talk to maybe your first generation, yeah. uh, when I talk to my mom, the first thing in their story, if yeah. they arrived in winter, is they were like, this is, how is this possible? Yeah. And the next day, it's the same thing. And the next day, and you're just waiting for the yeah. sun all year, and yeah. it just doesn't come. And genuinely, I think a lot of people, um, maybe you're lucky because you you've been very engaged, yeah. uh, and it's just you. There's not like a family as much stress. It's just studies. Yeah. A lot of people, when they go and they they do move their life, to different climates like depression is a real thing off the bat that's what speaking to my mother's friends my parents they're like yeah when you first seasonal depression seasonal it's like it's like a thing um especially if you know you're your young mom you're starting a family and then you've got this change oh my god it's not a positive one and also life in general here i think we're very lucky to be able to have the kind of help around the house that we have um and even to have access to people that can assist you and like that can mm. you feel yeah, in managing there, the home exactly and when you go there you can feel very like isolated it's just you and you've taken on like six new roles yeah now, when you're in kenya you could afford to yeah uh, hire someone to do oh yeah. okay mm. now 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 i think you've taken it to a deeper level mm. Mm. um the weather the mood family life mm. so if you want to understand everyone likes to talk and say we like capitalism mm. Mm. this is something you hear me say often mm. But in the first few weeks, the moment I stepped into London, I questioned capitalism. Mm. I remember that moment. I was like, no, this this is this is a bit dystopian. Mm. Mm. Because if you if you walk down, if you go across from zone one to zone three, like just mm-hmm. across, mm-hmm. we're all occupying the same city, mm. living the same life. You all have the same 24 hours. Mm-hmm. But the difference in terms of life, yeah. the quality of life, mm-hmm. and the difference in terms of like how you're experiencing the same city mm-hmm. is what like was like stuck for me. Yeah. Obviously in Kenya, there's a lot of income inequality, mm-hmm. but like I thought that in the developed world, the income inequality would not be so stark. It is the rich do get richer mm-hmm. and the poor do get mm-hmm. poorer mm-hmm. and they get much more desperate. Mm-hmm. Because you can imagine at the time when um, I was in London, um, when I came in, I remember because I'm I'm studying finance, so I get to be part of conversations that are about wealth creation and wealth generation, mm. and how like managing capital um, in London is a big thing because London London is the largest financial market in Middle East and Africa mm. and Europe in mm. a sense. Um, ever since Brexit, of course, there's been a migration to Frankfurt, but that's a story for another day. But London is the largest, is the financial hub of Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Mm. So for the first time, I've been thrown into the most abundant market in terms of 
mm. like my skills, which is mm. legal and finance and, and, mm. and finance. So like commercial law and commercial practice, mm. as well as like investment banking. So these are things that asset management, wealth management, mm. these are branches of finance that I've, I have a lot of like, mm, I'd say perspective. Mm. So when you enter that market, you're expecting to see like everyone's living well. Everyone's eating good. Mm. Everyone's driving big cars. Mm. Like even if there's poverty, it's not that acute. Yeah. But when I went there, it was like, no. Here's the truth. Yeah. Guys are having millions of pounds in millions of pounds in mm. in terms of revenue generated. Yeah. But then I also at the same time there's someone who has to earn paycheck to paycheck who has yeah. to take like four mm. um four part time jobs yeah. like is is a cleaner in the morning mm. serves coffee in the afternoon mm. then is like a teacher yeah. then at the same time is also like a janitor for the train station at night and then has to go out of town to sleep mm. and eat. Mm. And you find that you think that that person isn't educated. No, here's a shocker. That person is a double master student. It's just that the system hasn't worked out for them. They were in that place where they were not part of the system. Yeah, yeah. And that was what was like the shock to the point that even I'm scared. Mm, mm. I think the the main difference. That's so true because the main difference when we think about the scenario here. Yeah. Let's say in Nairobi. Let's just take, take cities, right? Yeah. Um, we're not going to say city of London. We're taking like London in general. So um, here. I think, yes, you see abject poverty and you see it alongside yeah. um, wealth. But yeah. I think the same stark difference can be said here. All that's happened yeah. is the baseline for abject poverty has moved up. Yeah. And then the line for um, very, very high wealth is also higher than here because yeah. you're not seeing as many Lamborghinis, Bentleys yeah. here. So that gap still exists. It's just all they've done is raise the baseline. But there's, if we're talking about the difference in earnings, it's probably the same. Yeah. And the only thing as well that you'll see a difference is that because there's a higher population of middle class yeah. uh, in London versus here in yeah. Africa, there's probably a higher percentage of poverty and abject poverty to uh, upper class. So that basically you're just seeing a higher baseline of poverty and you're seeing a bigger uh, middle class. So you'd assume that the country is more abundant and everybody's living at that middle class level. But like you're saying, when you get there, you realize this is actually, mm -mm. it's not the case. It's not the, it's case. Not the case. And the problem, I wouldn't say the problem, but the really disappointing thing, you mentioned people being very well educated, but not being able to live uh, anywhere near the level that other people in the city are living, is that when I used to go out, this used to really shock me because I was at uni, you would go to the bathrooms mm. of the clubs and it's the freshen up guys. You see, you must've seen them when you're there. So they're always, they're always oh, African yeah. men. They're yeah. always in their mid thirties to like early forties. And then it's really sad because they're, they, firstly, they're engaging you because they want you to buy what they're selling in the bathroom, which is normally cologne and spray. Um, so they even, they even sing like songs like freshen up for the ladies. Like that's like their thing they do to get you to buy. When I, and I always used to engage them because I'd be, majority of the time in white clubs, right? So I'm with my white friends and it's another black man. So I always used to be like, yeah, give me a, give me a spray of the Hugo, give me a, something to freshen up, give me some mints and then tip him. Uh, and from that interaction, you'd end up talking to him for a while while you're waiting for your friends. And I would genuinely say 70% of them, like you said, mm. have, are very highly educated. Yeah. And the system, a perfect example that you just said, the system just hasn't served them because of nepotism, because of color, because of racism, yeah. because of that wealth gap being harder and harder to access than it is in your own country yeah purely because you don't look like the person that hires yeah so yeah i think going and seeing it i think you probably the shock you're saying yeah is realizing mm, no there's still a disparity yeah. it's just covered by maybe infrastructure yeah That's, yeah it's yeah. it's it's quite huge and yeah. here's and here's another thing that i found very interesting mm. the do you know the average european mm. student has mm. two masters Really? Before the, because because the cost of education is so low. Mm, okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, like yeah, if the cost yeah. of education is so low, it means mm. you can start from primary school mm. to uni to master's level mm. at a cost that's so subsidized and so low yeah. that the guys who are really differentiated are the ones mm. when you oh you've done two masters now it's your second masters exactly, this is yeah. your second dissertation okay mm. you've done two masters yes mm. now that you're ready for the job market mm. you won't ever need to go back to school that's very true you get what I mean yeah. but here in Africa the mm. cost of education is so high yeah that yeah. even doing a masters is the outrageous thing so mm -hmm. like when you go there and you're applying for jobs. If you don't communicate to the recruiter that mm. you're from a space like Africa where yeah. the cost of education is in mm. enhanced significantly, yeah. then there's no chance that that recruiter is going to take you. And then the second thing that I noticed that I found very crazy, especially on the professional side, was that recruitment for certain institutions, mm. hey, it, it actually blew my mind. 
there's this thing called target schools and non-target schools. Mm-hmm. And there's certain practices and behaviors that exist within certain um, industries mm-hmm. that um, it's literally called like the industry, the, the film. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not that far off. Mm-hmm. The guys who come from those target schools are recruited highly. Mm-hmm. Right? And the guys who are not from those target schools have to be very, very either outstanding or they have like they have real interest or they've worked somewhere else prior. There's like there's, yeah, there's, there's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And either there's a quota they have to fill or there's a diversity hire. There's, you know, there's many other factors, yeah. but you will not get into those organizations until they've kind so of t- picked from the, yeah. their, from the target schools options. Mm-hmm. And now what's crazy is that us Africans, we pick universities there based on different lists. For example, say, I want to join a Russell Group school, mm-hmm. which is a good school. Yeah. Um, but the truth about it is you, you're think, going there thinking this is the final investment you'll have to make. Then you arrive and you find, oh, the entire market has two masters. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, and you're on the back foot. You don't understand the system. Yeah. They feel like they have to retrain you. Yeah. Whereas someone who's, let's say, who's African, who's ended up at, like, say, Oxford, Cambridge, mm. arrives like this, might even be studying. For example, I had an interest in investment banking, still do. This guy, so um, one, a lot of these investment banks, you'll find that there's this thing called summer internships. Mm. So, like, you w- work with them. How they recruit you, they start from summer intern, then, um, yeah, summer intern, then, or summer analyst. Then from the summer analyst, they make you an analyst, which means they give you a desk, a full-time role mm-hmm. based off of how you perform during the course of the program. Mm-hmm. So they're training you to kind of join them. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing, right? If you, <laughs> if you come from those schools, you can be learning classical theory. You can be learning uh, book writing. You mm-hmm. can be learning, f- you can be a florist. Mm-hmm. But as long as it reads there, mm-hmm. Oxford, Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. inside yeah. whereas you might be going to a school that's not a target school and you're learning the specific skill yeah but the yeah. fact that you don't come from that school yeah. Yeah. you're unemployed yeah yeah how insane was that mm-hmm. how insane like here in africa it's like we we hire a lot based off of competence off of what you've actually learned mm-hmm. but there it seems like it's a lot more about pedigree mm-hmm. yeah. and the path that you took to get there yeah i think the the thing that kind of uh the word you love to use compounds that is the fact that you have nepotism everywhere, right? You have elitism everywhere. But couple that with racism, not racism, but like, um, let's call it, let's call it an element of racism and just an element of um, different cultures. Because London being a melting pot yeah. of cultures, a lot of the time you're going to find that, okay, here, yes, you might not get it, but someone that looks like you get it, so gets it. So you don't actually question it like, mm, is it based on my background? Because everyone has a similar background. But then when you go there, and like you said, it's a new system, these guys have already been integrated there. The guys mm. doing their, their second master's, a lot of the time, their first master's is probably um, funded via loan, and the second one might be as well. Yeah. So they're not even feeling the pinch then, and then they're only going to be charged when they start earning, earning a certain amount of money later on. So then that's why you're saying the majority of them have access to that. Whereas here, when you're moving markets, your family has to have a certain level of income yeah. or disposable income to even put you in that market. Then now you compete with somebody already there and not feeling financial strain. So it's definitely an uphill battle. But I think that the, I don't know if the word is problem, but the the frustrating thing is that I genuinely feel like the baseline education that a lot of us have here and just like their understanding and grip on things like maths and science genuinely is slightly higher than in the UK. It is. Because when it comes to schooling, it's taken way more seriously here from like a fundamental level, like being a child. Yeah. Whereas there, education is like a, ugh, because you kind of operate from a level of privilege. There's so many different uh, job opportunities. You're not seeing abject poverty as much if you're in a certain bracket. Like education for you is not as be all end all. Whereas here, I find that people really genuinely enjoy it, take it seriously. And because you're paying school fees, there's that kind of thing attached to it where I want to make these people proud. Yeah. In the UK, when it's free, unless you go to private, yeah. a lot of the people kind of relax. I, I was one of them. Like, yeah. even though I was naturally gifted, I was very relaxed about education. And I still managed to operate on a certain level of privilege just because of that system. So yeah, yeah it's uh, it's something I think for people to consider when they're saying I want to go yeah. abroad yeah. and um, enter that market and try to understand it once I get on the ground. Yeah. And now here's the interesting thing. Mm. The job market here mm. cannot absorb. Mm. It does mm. not have the capacity to absorb all of these candidates. Exactly. So what you find is um, a situation where you have a lot of first class students who mm. are not necessarily, don't have the skills for recruiting, don't know the application processes, don't mm. understand about assessment. Mm. And I hope that we can do an episode with someone who can mm. help us with that. Mm. Mm. Um, they are not really familiar with what what needs to be done mm. um, on a fundamental level. Mm. 
I'm not sure if this episode drops before or after Joanne. Uh, I can't remember, but yeah, yeah, filming yeah, we're filming multiple <laughs> episodes, guys. You yeah. forgive us for this. Yeah, but one there's a guest who we've had on and we've done a shoot on who is very relevant for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says that you know a lot of the problems is we have a lot of good 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 candidates, but they don't understand recruiting. And that was the first thing I was exposed to mm-hmm. when I went to London, where I was like, I'm trying to, I really want to break into this market. Mm-hmm. I really want to figure out the financial world so that I can develop people in the developing economy mm. and I can invest in businesses. But how do I do it? And you know, when you go to careers, they're like, oh, so here's a pack. Mm. Figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that like, it's not personal. Education mm. is not something that's personal to, mm. to it, you know, it, it's a very impersonal science. It's that thing for enable yourself to yourself <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. get into the market. You're in this unit alone. Yeah. 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 And, and that's something I feel like was very different from my at least academic and educational experience here. Mm. Um, something else I think I also wanted to touch on was like the question of diversity, mm. diversity, empl- diversity of uh, mm. diversity of employment. Because you know now, these companies want to seem to be supporting like black mm. um, uh, people of color within mm. the organizations. Mm. Um, but some of the feedback I received from professionals in London was. Yeah, you're hiring us, mm. but where are the internal systems within your organization to support us and to support our career, mm. given mm. the kind of high risk hazards we have when we join you? Yeah. So you might be recruiting a lot of black guys, but you'll find that they get to a certain level and they just yeah. <laughs> check out. Yeah. Yeah. And you as an organization, you're just like, it's fine. We did our bit that we need to do and you know, we've ticked the boxes. This is the percentage. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Um, this must have been a lot for you to take it in the in three months. Yeah. So I'm thinking, firstly, changing environment, then understanding um, a job market and an educational system. Exactly. How has that been for you? Like just mentally going to a new environment three months in, off the bat, meeting new people, yeah, um, cooking for yourself, um, socializing, yeah, and just trying to be you in a different environment. How's that been like? Yeah, first of all, yeah. cooking for myself was, mm. it was a hassle, but it wasn't hell because you have to know how to nourish yourself. First of all, it's important. Mm. Um, but like when I arrived, it was just the food just tasted like, my God, didn't taste like food. It tastes mm. like something else. That mm-hmm. was the first thing. Mm. Second thing, I feel like what got me um, really, what really like surprised me was that the roles I was, up, I was working towards getting into mm. were recruiting in the year when I was, Mm. the time when I've I've gotten in. So for example, right. if I wanted to get in at 2020, at the time it's 2022, mm. um, I wanted to see if I could land a job in 2023 and mm. it the end, which is September, 2023. Mm. But they are like, no, mm. um, we give those jobs, you know, here in Kenya, it's like when you finish uni, the recruitment season might start maybe January. So you'll have like a f- six month or four month window mm-hmm. to apply three, like two month, typically it's usually like two month window. So you have like, 20 days, you, sh- mm. you apply, it's a short notice thing. In the next like two months, you'll have a job. Mm. In London, they recruit, their recruitment cycles at one year. Mm. So you apply one year in beforehand. If you're doing internship, you apply in your penultimate year. Mm. Mm. So for example, for me, who is like started in September, mm. I would be applying for a job in 2024. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like if mm. I finish, that's mm. why I think you saw some feedback that I got. I was told, you're a very good candidate, mm. not for this, mm. but for this. Mm. Apply for this mm. role when it opens next autumn for you to start in January. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a case like, that's information that sometimes you find when you get on the ground. Imagine. Yeah. So now imagine if you arrived there, you've invested so much in a master's and now you're like, eh, you have to figure out a way mm. to stay mm. Mm. in London until yeah. the day you get a job if yeah. or if you don't have the privilege of being able to fly back because not mm. all companies sponsor flights. Yeah. The other thing is that graduate visas are something that's out now but there was a time they went there where if you're a graduate and you might not have, you're right, you might have to leave the country mm. Mm. Um, and apply from outside the country which is something obviously you don't want to do yeah. and there's a preference for students who already have the right to work. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's like uh, on the academic side. A lot, a lot taken. Yeah. Then yeah. the second thing that yeah. got it. Sorry, I'm, we're focusing a lot on professional because that's what I went there to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was very focused on that. I've tried to touch a bit on social, but the second bit is you also have to learn the cultural cues, mm. new cultural cues there. For example, mm-hmm. um, black, men, black men are perceived as being more aggressive. Mm. Now, unfortunately, the personality that God has given me mm-hmm. <laughs> is very, mm. 
aggressive. Mm, mm. <laughs> it's not toned mm. down. So like whenever some people would, whenever I'd enter a situation, um, oh, and you're gonna like this, because I've just, I've just seen the, I've just seen like a situation. Whenever you're in a situation where you're clearly the best at doing something because you've done it for a particularly long amount of time and probably even won awards for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When other people of different races see that the person who's doing it mm-hmm. and doing it at a high level is actually a black African, mm-hmm. they begin to use labels such as aggressive, mm-hmm. does not take feedback, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is not, you know, is not a team player seems to be individualistic mm. like mm. he has a vision but does not know how to communicate that vision effectively to other team members yeah. because you you're used to taking the reins and mm. to say guys one two three four let's go mm. um but when someone else mm. who is of another race does the very same thing mm. yeah. everyone seems to rally behind them yeah mm. it was at that point i knew nah dog yeah yeah, yeah. you might be literally the one with mm. the vision yeah literally mm. um but then you know you just have to say no you know what mm. i'll do the bare minimum i'll let the work speak for itself yeah yeah how how's that like um because obviously going with expectation and then now reality after interacting with people from a variety of backgrounds would you say expectation has matched reality when you get there socially socially it did because i had these two other africans who were just killing it um um there's this guy called rafael uh my Schmidt, who um Danish Ghanaian guy, really, really brilliant. Um, um, we worked a lot with him. And Zach um, Bear, he's, um, he's a Namibian who has done an LLM in mineral resources and is trying to get into PE for natural resources, private equity. Really, really brilliant guy. So when we started, formed a study group, we attracted a lot of people who are like-minded um, mm. from different races, uh, people from France, Mauritania, mm. um, all across um, Sweden. Mm-hmm. all across the world and we just found ourselves having kind of a like-mindedness mm-hmm. and it protected um i even met some really cool guys from mexico by the way and it protected us from kind of the biases that exist because like um if you're proud of being some being african being black and you're yourself and there's no sense of trying to mm-hmm. you know lean too much to the left or the right you're just a straight shooter yeah. i think that's really really created this like buffer of of vibes <laughs> if there's any other way to put it like this energy buffer that really attracted people who poured into my cup and i was very happy to point to theirs and i feel like for we'll be friends for a very long time yeah. just because of that so socially i feel like i was insulated by the fact that like a lot of self-work has happened mm-hmm. before i arrived there yeah. but i did see a lot of um africans who went there and didn't do the social work have not like yeah. done the self-work so there's a bit of an identity crisis when you arrive mm-hmm. um in fact, what was really difficult for me, um, and I told one of my friends this when I arrived, is you're not going to go through, you're not going to go through a question of questioning your purpose and your destiny. You're not going to go through yes an identity crisis in hell in the place where there's scarcity. You'll go through that crisis when in a place of abundance, mm-hmm. where you're told, mm-hmm. you know what, you 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 you've you've an, mm-hmm. you you're an, you're an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You're sure, you're hundred percent sure that's what you want to be. Here's a hundred thousand pounds. Now, when you're in that situation, mm. your passions, you start asking yourself, yeah. what are your passions? Yeah. Oh, you, 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 mm. you, you want to join finance. Mm. Oh, you don't want to join finance. You want to join finance. You're sure. You want to, here's engineering. We're paying you 200,000 pounds. Mm. That's where you start thinking, mm. oh, you've started um, a podcast. Mm. You mm. think you can turn it on a media company. Mm. Oh, you're a lawyer. Mm. Uh, you know, you sure you don't want to go back to law mm. completely to go back to law is 300,000 pounds. Here it is. Mm. When you start being in a situation of abundance, you're like, what the hell am I going to do? What decisions am I going to make? Because yeah. you went in there saying, I'm probably taking something yeah. to become something. But then when you arrive there, it turns out you're more skilled and more le- leaning towards another thing. Right, got it. Yeah. You get what I mean? So like your entire life story will change. Mm. Mm. Your entire life. So if you're like, for example, Victor, our friend is a videographer. Mm. Oh, he's a videographer. Let's assume, yes, okay, you're a videographer. You know what we think you're very good at doing, Victor? What we think you're very, 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 very good at auditing companies, especially media companies. Mm. He has 500,000 pounds a year for that auditing. Mm. We'll set you off at 100, but you'll get to 100 plus bonuses, you'll get more. Mm. You see, when you say that to an African, each pound Mm. is like 150 of their shillings. Mm. Mm. You'll, identity crisis. Mm. Yeah. 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 I hear that, but then I think there's... um there's something to be said about the relationship with um, 
money yeah. and then the relationship with like environment and the relationship with the community mm-hmm. because i feel like you could make that 100,000 200,000 pounds mm-hmm. but if you're not lucky like you were to sort of find those people that can insulate you from your new environment as you gradually integrate you can find yourself being isolated with a lot of money and because i know some people i won't say names they're making that kind of money but they're they're really not happy and they wait for even just thursday it's not even friday they wait for thursday to release themselves from the shackles that tie them to that kind of that kind of budget so i think so there's something to be said like you mentioned that you should work on the two parallel like especially when you're integrating into a new environment like yeah. make sure you do find that that study group so that yeah. even if this is coming and you have the identity that somebody you can sort of like check in with exactly. because it can be a very lonely and isolated yeah. uh, place and people get very confused when you hear somebody with that kind of figure still saying they're unhappy i ha- i have friends that outside of they've not even moved environment like they've yeah. moved from kent to london now they're city boys they make that kind of cash but when i speak to them they're like you know i wish i was doing what you're doing like, africa looks so dope and that's because after there's a, there's a the- there's a theory that after a certain amount of money there's no there's, difference there's, there's no difference in terms of happiness or quality of life so i think um the optimal optimal solution i would say is cash yes obviously make the cash but have that parallel to community and have access to go back to your community yeah. i think when those three things kind of match you can have a very yeah. very happy but life. but here's another question i was, I was asking myself consistently is mm. let's assume you're the you're the ghanaian Mm. who was born and raised in London mm. who he has some context or no I can't speak about Ghana actually mm. the Kenyan who was born and raised in London but was not Eli mm. for mm. example for you see for you Eli very early on in life like mm. you kind of realize that entrepreneurship is your thing and you found that Kenya has a big need and you feel those needs mm. but can you imagine if you continued through the system mm. Mm. right and maybe you were working now at the NHS mm. because you you're in public health the path yeah, yeah yeah you're working now at the nhs mm. meaning that you'd be flying in and out of kenya on december mm. mm. right mm. making a lot more money mm. but you'd be flying in and out of um of kenya in december the assumption would be to say that you're not as happy as you are now and you'd think of yourself as a lesser version of what you are now mm. but sometimes i th- i look at it and think i'm like there's no how can i put it every every position we occupy has a compromise mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for example eli if you started insta market successfully in uh chizik mm-hmm. and if me and you were doing man talk in from a studio in i'd say you know uh what's the name of that place where there's that studio brixton no brixton Mm-mm. the other one peckham oh peckham the one for check your online if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's, no that that's fulham that's yeah yeah check yeah, fulham yeah, yeah for yeah for check yeah if we're doing it in fulham mm. with chucky mm. and then we're doing it at this level mm. and we're doing it as black british guys mm. do you think we'd be more successful a podcast now than we are here we would but then it would now go down to the definition of success right mm-hmm. so you'd still be doing it in a market that doesn't prioritize you as a black man Oh, there there's yeah, the compromise. Yeah, but then yeah. you'd be making you'd be making way more money. Um but then at the same time there's a thing where in the UK, right, you'll get a really good salary. Yeah. And even okay, Chucky's completely in the creative field, but let's talk about a podcast that does it part-time. Let's say you were doing law um and you wanted to do the podcast. Imagine I wouldn't even need to do it. Mm. No, that's what I'm saying. That's mm. that's the thing I'm you saying. Which one? I wouldn't do. I wouldn't mm. do the podcast mm. no chance. Mm. That's exactly my point. Yeah. The thing with the UK, you'll make more money, yes, but for you to have a side hustle alongside your main job is basically a no-go. Mm-hmm. And there's a balance that happens where in the UK, yes, okay, let's say on average 80,000 pounds is a good salary, right? For like a young man. Say you make it 80,000 pounds. The amount of time you need to spend to make that 80,000 pounds is a lot. And your like I said your days finish and you just need to go home firstly because the weather's horrible, right? Versus somebody here they and also you can't really like start to employ people to help you with your hustle outside your job because the bar for um your income is very high anyway so with that 80,000 pounds you can't pay rent mortgage invest in the business and yeah. hire staff yeah. until and support that business until it makes its own money yeah. whereas here let's say you make like half of that right you make half of that however the kind of um the kind of expenses you can have here are way lower and you can invest and start a business with way less capital 
And when you do that, you can have multiple streams of income that take you to that 80,000 equivalent um, pounds, but you're spending more time on things that you like. So if it's a question is money, there's still a way to get 80,000 pounds in Kenya, but it has to be through multiple streams of income. The problem is salaries here are way lower. Yeah. That's the, that's what I'm seeing yeah. the issue. And also, the, and also the problem that I also say, I'd also say in terms of business is that you're carrying risk for each mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like if you're thinking about multiple streams of income, it's you have to make sure that each there's a high there's there's a high volatility of return on the investments that you're making. Mm -hmm. You're saying, okay, we, we I give you a part of a million. Mm. I give you a part of a million shillings. Mm. The million shillings are million shillings. In Euro, in in London, it's around a thousand pounds. No, it's around ten thousand pounds. Seven thousand pounds, yeah. It's around seven thousand pounds. Seven thousand pounds can start a very small business. Exactly. Very, very small business mm. that might generate some return, mm. but it carries an element of risk. Mm -hmm. Here in Kenya, you can take that same one million, mm -hmm. diversify the risk, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and like so if something bites, you make money, mm -hmm. um, and you can make money in a big way and return cash. But also at the same time, um, yeah, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. see what you're saying now. Yeah. I see what you're saying yeah, now. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's a million. But then, before you make the million pound shillings in Kenya, mm. that's down the problem. Mm -hmm. That's the problem is actually access to the capital. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The opportunity is actually more. Mm. 100%, but yeah. access to capital is it's a problem. First, it's say, say if it was a hundred meter race, it's the ready set go from the the blocks. The first few meters. Yeah, but then that. once yeah. you get there, yeah, I generally feel like. Also, first of all, if you're making the eighty thousand, the amount of things you can do with it in Kenya, also, it's, it's crazy. It's actually, yeah, it's crazy. It's, crazy. it's yeah. like the it's like the way in a hotel, the plate mm. of food in Kenya is bigger than mm. the plate of food in London. Hundred percent. It's the same, same. It's actually yeah. The plate is just bigger. Yeah. Um. But I, I always say I think the best thing because someone could listen to the podcast, right? They'll listen to your story. They're going to be inspired. Oh, he's 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 doing it. Yeah. He's pursuing something he loves. Uh, and then we're bringing these kind of perspectives. But there's nothing like going and experiencing it for yourself because remember yeah. how many times we had conversations on the pod versus now when we're talking on the phone and you're we're literally referencing the same places yeah. like yeah i get what you're saying now. i get what but you're it saying goes now. from you being yeah. there physically and seeing, but yeah. do you know what you'd mm. actually do with the seven thousand the seven thousand mm. pound when you got it mm. because london's financial market is so robust and mm. so consistent in mm. a sense that of generating return there's actual systems of creating wealth and that's mm. the thing mm. Mm. that's the thing that i noticed was a fundamental difference you take that seven thousand pound and give it to a wealth manager mm. it's coming back mm. Mm, it's mm, coming back like mm, there's there's a robust financial market mm, in Kenya we don't have that mm, we don't have like access to financing mm, at that level financial inclusion is not the priority mm, in in this developing economy mm, and fintech products are now trying to kind of fast track that development mm, and hopefully we'll be able to do that with the tools tools like AI and machine learning and also like using the data that's actually there but data in Africa is actually very scarce yeah, compared to like mm. the UK, where you know you take seven thousand pound, throw it at a FTSE one hundred mm. companies, mm. tell someone you're an expert at investing at FTSE one hundred companies. Mm. Here's the money. Mm. I open an account with you. I expect this much return. Mm. You're seeing return come back, or you buy a bond, mm. like mm. you know a lot of people, and then you live off of the interest. Those mm. little strategies mm. aren't really applicable in Kenya unless you have a lot mm. of money. As you were saying, but then on the flip side of that, especially if we're talking about those kind of financial models, right? Yeah. The percentage you get here because it's more of an emerging market and not as saturated is still higher yeah. than London. But the question is, yeah. how much do you have to access it? Mm. That's what that yeah. Yeah, that's now back to the abject yeah. the gap. Yeah, like the people in this small pocket that drive the really nice cars here are way smaller. Yeah. But then the majority, that's what we're saying, the access to it, because the majority of the people down here they're not even going to know about it. Exactly. Whereas in London, more people know about it. But then, yeah, now I'm seeing what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Now th th there's going to be more people that. If they had the same wealth they have in the UK and they did it here, then they'll be accessing that pocket like the top guys have. Exactly. So that's where there's this is it swings roundabouts. That's what I think. Like something has to concede. Yeah. Because also seven thousand pounds in the UK, if you're investing, the kind of wealth manager you get, some of them would laugh at you like seven thousand. Yeah. Come back in a few years. Yeah. Like when there's another zero on the end of that. Yeah. Know? So yeah, there's. Yeah, you know, it's not worth my time. Yeah, exactly. Two and twenty yeah, on seventy. Yeah, on exactly. seven thousand pounds is what some people spend in like two nights. Like it's yeah. I heard Whereas that. Whereas here it can really, really change a life. Yeah. Yeah. As yeah. as as it has <laughs> for some of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But mm. like that's 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 good input. Mm. I want to talk about something else that I think I find really really interesting is the kind of the cuisine, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm, food, mm -hmm. okay? 
And when I say cuisine, it's like, London, I find London to be so good mm. at like hospitality. It's insanely Correct. good. Yeah. Like, yeah. you go and try, for example, one of the places I really enjoyed. I went to this place called Dishroom um, mm. with some sh- um, Shevening scholars. Mm. Um, it was a networking thing. It was really, really nice. Um, shout out to Zach for the invite. Um, and I just walked through it and I was like, this guy has a place in King's Cross yeah. that is entirely designed mm. to like to look like a an old mm. um I think he said uh, was it Farsi mm. a Parsi station like an, an Iraqi station yeah. back in the 1920s mm. he's created a narrative around it the dining is experiential mm. the food is fantastic it's mm. made from people from 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 um I don't know if it was Pakistan or Iraq from the Middle East mm. and it was in Incredible. Mm. I had the time of my life. Um, but it was accessible at a premium. There we go. Yeah. Yep. Yep. For the sake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was accessible at a premium. You're mm. paying a lot. Yeah, You're paying a lot of money to experience yeah. good food. Mm. Whereas here in Kenya, mm. I feel like you'll eat really good food mm-hmm. at a much, much, much lower cost. 100%. 100%. 100%. But I think if you're like a foodie, actually, no, to be fair, can I say, since I've come here in the last three years, like the culinary experience in Kenya has really grown. Like the mm. restaurant, there's so much more variety than we had mm. when I first came here. Like I feel like every, there's pages, um, Nairobi Disclosure, right? Lovely guy. Um, his whole thing started, I think, just before COVID when he was going mm. around to different restaurants. And his thing is blown because every few weeks, every few months, sorry, there's like a new restaurant and it can be rated. But I think in London, why um, it's such an amazing experience and there's a premium is because it's been doing that for such a long period of time because it's a melting pot of cultures. So you'll find you can eat basically any dish in the world there. Same thing with New York. Like if you go there, because there's been so much immigration and so many people coming with their culture, Mm. you get to experience a high level of food. However, here... (laughs) There's only a certain people from around the world that have come and set things up. Yeah. So you've got some nice Italian food when you go to coast. You've got some nice Chinese food because of probably the infrastructure they're building here. You've got amazing Indian food because they've been here for a long period of time. But that's like five. But when you go there, it's like Lebanese, Turkish, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So I think that's the thing. Like London being a melting plot, the, the benefit is the culinary, man, because the food is, ju- yeah, I would say. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. And then the, the cultures for me also, because for me, what, 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 I, what I found really interesting, yeah. I could... I could curate my evening, mm, mm. but it'll cost me a numb in a leg. Yeah. Yeah. I could say, you know what? I'm going to go to this really nice Japanese bar mm. called Zoku. Mm, mm. It's in Gerard Street, right mm. next to, you know, in mm. the in Chinatown. Mm. And I walk right through it. Mm. Nice low ground bar. Mm. Mm. Bartender makes me the sickest Negroni. Mm. Mm. We sit down with my boys. We have a drink after class. Then after that, I can now mm. head towards like this place where we have a reservation, mm. which is... Mm. um. I'm going to give you a very specific place. Like I told you, 10 Greek Street. Mm. Um, I walk in there and the food is fantastic. It's a nice homey vibe. Then mm. after that, we can finish with mm. a night out at B at 1. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. Do you know what the iron, the, wow. the difference I mean, in that kind of night, right? Is you know how planned that sounds? Yeah. yeah. It's so planned here. My only qualm of this, and this happens, yeah. is like you, your booking in Kenya, you can operate on vibes. Right? <laughs> When you go to London, you have a table for two and a half hours. Yeah. And then they come, to, you have to leave. There's, a, there's another there's booking. There's another booking. So it doesn't leave room for spontaneity to yeah. be like, you know, when you just call your friend, oh, at this restaurant, so yeah. that's 20 minutes. Yeah. And then that night ending up at B at one, here has to be, yeah. has to be like, has to be created there. Here it's like, if we end up at B at one, it's we, might, fine. we might end up in Naivasha. Like, if there's that room for spontaneity, but I think that kind of just speaks to the culture and things. Yeah. Of yeah. Said. But that, yeah. yeah, it's that, it's just the thing. Mm. Like, it's just the thing that I find mm. so interesting mm. that the the premium on that experience, like for mm. example, that night that I've just mm. I've just described, mm. will cost you above 200, 300 pounds. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. yeah. 20, 300 pounds yeah. is like um forty five hundred in Kenya. Yeah. It's yeah. like forty five um no, it's actually more. Forty five K. Yeah, forty yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's forty five thousand shillings. Mm. In Kenya, that forty five thousand before you finish you have to be inter- you have to be angry. Yeah. <laughs> That's you, a flight to coast. That's accommodation <laughs> for one night. Right? That's dinner or whatever else you want to order. That yeah, that forty-five. You can do that. Yeah, actually, you can, can take a plane, then go to the beach and come and back. Then hire a chef even. And hire a chef for two k. Yeah, that's crazy. 
That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I could yeah. actually fly to coast. Yeah. That one to, night, yeah. yeah. One flight, pay 20k for your accommodation maybe, 10k yeah. for the flight, you're in your 30, you got mm. 2k for the chef, and then the rest is for food. And the other, the other 10 you're playing around with is for, you know. For vibes. Like, come on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Responsible. Yeah. Be, yeah. Being responsible. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Victor. <laughs> but yeah, That's man. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think the best thing, like you said, the best thing in the world is going and seeing so you can compare to your norm. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 So yeah. okay. Mm. Guys, um, I think that kind of summarizes. Yeah. Final question. Are you happy in London? <laughs> you know. The problem me with me lies I won't like my happiness I quit it many things, but I think the best parameter mm. is I like to see things that make me happy. <laughs> You're not talking about TV. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I was that. walking through London, mm. I Yes. You know, if I realized that I have been waist deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were mentioning about operating from abundance. Yeah, I was yeah, operating I from a place of mm. abundance, mm. but uh, in London, I'm afraid my, my tastes are African. This is correct. This is correct. Yes. My preferences yes. are African. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in London, those preferences are mm. few mm. and far between. It's the Ramashama, buddy. <laughs> That's you know, well, I'm I'm yeah. used to you know a little mm. bit more you know I'm used to my rice and my rice and Correct. beans. Yes, yes, yes. I'm used to my chapati. Mm. Mm. I'm used to my pilau, my biryani. Yes. And I'm used to the person who brings it. Yes, correct. <laughs> I think that answers your question. Amazing. Well, luckily for you, Oscar, this podcast will be flying you back, so we could be doing more, <laughs> more filming and extra. No, no, no. But like, I'm I'm happy wherever I am, and mm. thank we thank God. Um, I've met incredible people, and I think I might be able to build somewhat of a life there but yeah. i don't know you know yeah. um it can work wherever i go it can work um before i left i remember uh, i went in for therapy session i was and she's and have a very 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 touching therapist and she said everything around you can shift yeah. allow it to shift it's fine yeah. but the one thing that must remain constant is you and your identity yeah. Yeah. and i've said it before on the podcast and i'll say it again yeah. my identity continues mm-hmm. Mm. To be the mm. Mm. the thing that protects me from nonsense in yes, life. Yes, so, yes, yes, um, Yeah, so I think I'm very happy with London. Um, but uh, to be honest, as Eli knows, I, I prefer my my pilau and my biryani. But you know, in life, to develop, we must make ourselves uncomfortable. Variety is the spice of life, buddy. Mm. Variety is the spice of life. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> well, oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah, hey, listen. Well, we hope yeah. those perspectives come on the pod. It yeah. really benefits people. I hope the guys have enjoyed hearing a little bit about your experience there. Yeah. Uh, it can either inspire... Oh, thank you, bro. Uh, I was looking at the wrong camera. <laughs> it can, if you see behind the camera, it's like... Um, I'm hoping it can like inspire you to travel, go see new places... And go and meet new people from different cultures. It's one of the best things you can do, as yeah. you can see, from the boy. Sorry. From the boy. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Half as much as we enjoy making it. Why is that, Oscar? Because we, we had, had a ball. Or did we have a ball, sir? We did have a, a ball, sir. Yeah. Oh, yes, sir. You know, as you may be aware. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, now, you know, I was in my place in Kensington, and yes. um, I was meeting Charlie from uh, from Cambridge. You yeah. may remember him. Oh, um, Charlie. Yes, uh, Charlie. Charlie, speak uh, of the house. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, Charlie, speak of the house. You know, he, yeah, he, yeah. He, he calls himself a poet, you yeah, know. I know his father. Uh, you know, who, who, uh, really? Diabetes. Um, you know, <laughs> the way he moved, yeah, yeah. He, did, he wasn't quite, um, yeah. how, how do I say, <laughs> making the right decisions. No, you know? yeah, he yeah, was, yeah. Um, um, the apple did uh, not fall far for the for Charlie either. This is correct. Uh, yes. This is um, absolutely right. Um, his widowed wife, I, she's looking great. I'll, yeah. I'll give you that uh, lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they sign off this podcast for <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>